Welcome to Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. We are your hosts, Spen and Nick, here to discuss some Brooklyn Nets offseason stuff with you. And um, not a whole lot going on right now, Nick. Yeah, uh, things have slowed down significantly. There's a lot of hype over the last few weeks. Uh, you know, I've been playing a lot of pickup ball to suffice, and we have our championship game tonight, uh, men's league. Uh, in Union Square, Manhattan, probably going to drop like 30, 20, and 10, and then just call it a night. You always got to make it about you, you selfish bastard. 30 turnovers, 20 water breaks, and 10 injuries. So it's been a few weeks. I want to say maybe one and a half, two weeks since Kevin Durant publicly, or it was public that Kevin Durant uh, demanded a trade request from the Brooklyn Nets. Reports are obviously that Brooklyn was willing to uh, to get him to a team of his preference. Why? I do not know. Um, this is Kevin's second year or third year technically in Brooklyn. It's not like the Nets owe him anything, but he's been basically the best player to ever put on a Brooklyn Nets uniform. I guess, you know, because the last two years outside of injuries, he's, he's given his blood, sweat and tears to this organization. They want to get him to his preferred destination. I have heard that with Kyrie Irving, who is on a one-year player option he opted into the nets are also looking to move on from him although it wasn't public that he demanded a trade request um i don't think that they care where they ship Kyrie, but we'll, we'll get to both my first question is this um did you foresee this process taking as long as it is and, and i preface that with the title of this episode is called um and now uh, we're in the nets endgame like in the in the movie Avengers Endgame, when Doctor Stephen Strange says, "We're in the Endgame now. We're in the Nets Endgame right now." Because you know we we had the initial um, uh, pomp and circumstance around the trade request. Everyone was going nuts. Now we're at this point where we're sort of in limbo. We're waiting for a deal to happen. The market has kind of it hasn't frozen. Obviously, Kevin Durant's a hot commodity, but teams are not giving the Nets this gigantic haul that the Nets thought they were going to get. So, Nick, I'll start with this. When the trade request happened, did you think it would be a quick process or did you think it would be long and drawn out like it has been? I don't think it would ever be quick given just the stature and the reputation of Kevin Durant. I mean, we're talking about arguably one of the the most valuable trade assets since LeBron uh, went to the Miami Heat. I mean, that wasn't even a trade asset. He just – got picked up by the heat, but I mean, no, I expect it to take a while. And I read an article, uh, Brian Windhorst, I believe was quoted talking about how Kevin Durant's value might not be as high as the nets actually thought it was going to be. So I think there's a lot uh, of uncertainty. I think the nets, didn't they pitch the Timberwolves a package to get like, uh, no, Anthony Edwards and Cade. No, you're, you're, you're right. It was a ridiculous yeah. And the T-Wolves were like, absolutely not. And the Nets kind of looked like idiots for asking for so much. So I expect it to take a while. You're talking about Kevin Durant. You're not talking about, you know, 
Mikel Bridges, who I actually really like and would want in the Nets, but someone who can kind of bop around for a, for a first rounder or kind of do a straight up trade with somebody else, depending on what your roster needs are. This is Kevin Durant, and he's going to require a lot of attention. He's going to want to weigh his options. The Nets are going to want to get the most bang for their buck. And the Nets are going to be under a lot of pressure and scrutiny. Uh, like they fucked up so many times over the last few years, maybe years, like decade, going back to uh, the, the trade with the Celtics. When we got Pearson Garnett, I know we hate bringing that up every time we have this damn podcast, but expected it to take a while. I expect it to take a little while longer, and I really hope we're able to get something worth it out of it and not another uh, loss and not another, um, you know, rebuild phase or something shitty. So I agree with you. The first thing I want to say is, and, and you brought up the Nets, you know, asked for these ridiculous packages for Kevin Durant. When all this news came out, I remember a lot of people on Twitter, a lot of the general media on on TV, they were using the word leverage. And they were basically saying, the Nets have all the leverage in this situation. Kevin Durant has four uh, four years, three years left on his deal. Whatever team gets him is getting for the next three years, whatever. I don't understand how the Nets have leverage in this situation from the moment Kevin Durant demands a trade request. He doesn't want to be in Brooklyn. Every team knows that. Every GM knows that. So they're not going to call up Sean Marks and be like, we'll give you the house for Kevin Durant. He doesn't want to be there. So inevitably, the thought process is he's going to have to get traded at some point. And a lot of people are sort of hanging on this notion that, well, if the Nets don't make a trade, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving will just have to suit up and play for Brooklyn. I don't foresee that as a guarantee. I don't think that... You know, it's not beyond any NBA superstar to just suit up and play. We saw a few years ago with Anthony Davis. He did not play before the Pelicans traded him. He was like, I'm not playing. Um, I know Kevin Durant's the ultimate competitor. I know he wants to be out there. But I think it's silly to, A, assume that the Nets had leverage in that situation, and, B, assume that if if somehow we don't make a trade, Kevin Durant's just going to wind up playing for the Nets. I I look at it like, you know, if I have this this great – $5,000 Pokemon card that I'm trying to get rid of, right? I don't want it. And I say, hey, Nick, I have this Pokemon card. I'm trying to get rid of. The price is $5,000. You're going to say, hey, dipshit, I'm going to pay you $500 for it. You don't want the card. You're giving me a price. I, you know, it's not valuable to you anymore. And, and that's, that's what bothers me about this whole situation is the second the Nets gave in and said, okay, Kevin, we're going to trade you. We're going to work on trying to, trying to move you to a team. Every GM just licked their lips and said, well, we're not going to give you our best package. We're going to wait until you guys absolutely are desperate and you accept the, the last final thing that comes to you. So I just, from the moment this started, I, I never understood why people thought the Nets had leverage. I, I, and, and obviously they don't. Because now the latest reports from Brian Windhorse are, are basically, and I'll, I'll pull it up right now, because shout out to Brian Windhorse. He has been the star of the last two weeks. He has Wendy. Adrian Wojnarowski, all of them, uh, as, as just that dude who, who he's got the inside scoop. He had that viral video of him on first take with the weird hand gestures. Everybody loves a bigger guy in a suit, right? Talking about basketball. And by the way, I would love nothing more than to play basketball with Brian Windhorst. I think that'd be great. Um, I can't find the quote because I don't even think he retweeted it. But basically what he said was uh, the Nets are sort of shocked that the market is what it is for. Here you go. 
teams have been unwilling to meet the Nets asking price for Kevin Durant per Windhorse ESPN. KD's value may not be as high as the Nets wanted. Look, we love Kevin Durant. We've loved every second of having Kevin Durant. But let's look at the facts here. He's 34 years old. He's missed a lot of games these past few seasons. He is injury prone. Okay. He's still one of the most elite scorers in the universe, but every player has an expiration date and his isn't too far away. So if you, and, and, and I also look at it from the standpoint of all these NBA teams outside of like the Lakers are getting younger All even the Warriors, they just won a championship. They're young. They have young talent. The Celtics are young. The, the Mavs are young. The Nuggets, all these teams have guys under the age of 30 that are really, really good. The Nets now have two superstars, two aging superstars, one controversial superstar, the other guy's Kevin Durant, and there's just not a lot of teams that are willing to risk their entire future and give away all their draft picks and give away their all-star for a 34-year-old, injury-prone, aging Kevin Durant. I agree. I mean, it's just, it's a bad look on the Nets. It's a bad look on KD for, for how, you know, as soon as he said, I want a trade, it would be one thing if there was any indication that he's willing to stay for the right contract, then it could be like, Hey, what are you willing to give us? Or else we're going to hold on to this asset. But as soon as he was like, Hey, I want to get out of here. He, like you said, everybody else held the leverage. So I agree. But, I mean, listen, he yeah. still has, he still has two to three unbelievable years left as a superstar elite player he is uh of course he's no one's lebron when it comes to body and conditioning lebron's like a fucking animal but when it's kevin durant i will say he has two or three years you know he's still going to be if not in as good shape an unbelievable shooter towards the end of his career as well in five to seven years so there's still value there but like you said he is older he is injury prone and is it worth giving up uh, a team like a team like the Hornets, right? I don't think there's any interest there, but a team like the Hornets that has all these young guys, is it worth it to a team like that to risk it when you're building something that, yes, it might not reap the benefits in three to five years, but say seven, eight years down the line, it's a little far, but you got Lonzo, uh, sorry, you got LaMelo, you got Bridges, you got a bunch of solid dudes that could really build into something. Bridges' um, value is pretty low right now after uh, came out that he's a, is a fucking abuser of his wife. Fuck that guy. Oh, is he, not, is he still going to play? I don't know how many NBA teams want to employ him right now. I know the Hornets were looking into the situation, but there were some really fucked up All pictures. right, you get my point. Uh, yeah, I, get I don't know if it's his wife or his significant other, but he, he, he beat the crap out of his significant other, and that's, that's not okay. True. I understand what you're saying. Um, look, the Raptors have been in discussion with the Nets. The Nets want Scotty Barnes. The Raptors are like, no fucking way. The Nets have been in discussion with the Pelicans. The Nets are like, throw us Brandon Ingram and Larry Nance. The Pelicans are like, no fucking way. A few years ago, if you told me that a team could get Kevin Durant for Brandon Ingram and Larry Nance, I think they make that, that was move. it. They didn't even want any picks. No, there were a lot of other picks involved, oh, but those God. are the two. Those are the two cornerstone pieces. But my point is, like, even even then, like the like the value for Durant has to be low if you can't convince the Pelicans, an organization that has known nothing but failure to take a chance on, on KD. I mean, who else is on that roster? The Pelicans, they got a few good players. Um, McCollum's on that roster, right? You don't think KD and McCollum would be a sick pairing? Pelicans don't want to do it. They're like, we want our guys. Yeah. Um, 
And then you go to the Suns. The Suns were unwilling to, to give the Nets a huge haul. The Timberwolves. The, the list goes on and on. And, and there was I, a three-way I, trade hypothetical with like the Suns yeah. and the Jazz that had like Donnie Mitchell landing with us. It was like Mitchell. I was talking about it with my roommate. It was Mitchell and someone – and Bridges. I, it was Mitchell – we get Donovan Mitchell from the Jazz. We get Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson from the Suns. We send Durant to the Jazz – Sorry, to the Suns, and the Jazz get DeAndre Ayton or something like and that. And they'd have to get Ben Simmons because ben Donovan Simmons. Mitchell and Ben. So that's the other whole. So but that like was bullshit. Barrels. That's like us giving yeah. two superstars, Ben Simmons and Durant, for Donovan Mitchell. That for one. Yeah. And then we get, yeah. listen, I think Mikael Bridges is a great uh, role player, right? He's a great 3 and D guy. He actually ended up having an unbelievable field goal percentage in the playoffs. I really like his game. I- I'm not willing to to take him and Cam. Cam Johnson is like, a ooh, that's a nice eighth guy off the bench that'll hit some open threes. Like, I don't know, man. That was a, that was an insane situation for me, where people were actually considering that as Nets fans. Well, here's the issue. So, and this is another variable you have to throw into the equation. Ben Simmons is unable because of the way the rookie contract, rookie extension works. Him and Donovan Mitchell can't be on the same team, and him and DeAndre Ayton can't be on the same team if they have um, the same rookie extension contract. You can only have like one of those contracts on each team. So that makes a, a lot of things difficult uh, for, for the Nets because the Jazz, you know, it's been rumored that they're willing to trade Donovan Mitchell for the right, the right piece. Now, now I read a report that Danny Ainge doesn't think that Donovan Mitchell can be a cornerstone. I disagree with him. I think, I think Donovan Mitchell's a baller. I think you put him in a situation around a team where he's motivated, he's happy. I think that team can do really special things. Um, but obviously he can't play alongside Simmons right now. That wouldn't work. And, and same with Aiton and Sim- and Aiton and Simmons. So um, it, it's just a difficult kind of situation for the Nets because yeah, you want to get the best return, but you also don't want to settle. And if you make a trade with the Suns and you're not getting DeAndre Aiton, you're probably settling. If you make a trade with the Jazz, you're not getting Donovan Mitchell, or you, like you said, you're trading two, super, two superstars, you're getting back Mitchell. You can't have that. Um, the other elephant in the room, and I guess there's two, we don't know what Ben Simmons is right now. He sat out the entire year. Okay, I, I heard, um, I forget who it was, but someone basically was saying, oh, well, like, if Sean Marks was able to sort of have a sit down with Kevin Durant and convince him, like, hey, come back, we have a healthy Ben Simmons, which made me think maybe KD doesn't want to be here because he doesn't want to play with a healthy Ben Simmons. He doesn't even want to experiment that. So we don't know what we're getting with Ben Simmons. That, that's, you know, that's besides the point. The other elephant in the room is obviously Kyrie Irving. You mentioned, you know, if, if, if KD wasn't as defiant in his trade request, you know, maybe it'd be different. The second that the Nets agreed to sign, or I'm sorry, the Nets did not max Kyrie Irving. The second they made that decision, Kevin Durant was like, I'm out of here. This is my guy. He got me to Brooklyn. He's the reason that I joined. If you guys don't believe in him, I don't have faith in the front office. Kevin Durant, by the way, if you ever hear him speak about Kyrie Irving from a basketball standpoint, he thinks Kyrie Irving is God's greatest gift to earth on the court. So for the Nets to say, we don't have faith in him, Kevin Durant's like, well, fuck you guys. I'm out. And I I truly believe if tomorrow Sean Marks were to give Kyrie an extension, Durant would stay. What do you, what do you think of that? Yeah. I, I, I'm not, I don't know. I believe it. I'm not surprised that he gives Kyrie such high praise. Also, I will say though, 
that's kind of what I respect about him too. When they were teammates amidst all of this, you got to keep a positive attitude. So I respect him always supporting him no matter what. No, like who are you going to do? What do you do? Criticize your teammates while they're gone and when you're in pursuit of a championship. So that's a tough position to be in. I want to touch back on what you said about Simmons because nobody knows his status yet. Yes, but we've waited this long. I want to see what he can do. If we went through all this drama to get Simmons only to get rid of Simmons, I would honestly be pretty pissed because I was excited Simmons came. We went through this roller coaster of emotions with him. We all hated Simmons because he wouldn't fucking play. But the point being, we got him. We gave up a lot to get him. Harden's gone. Simmons is here. Maybe it doesn't work out, but let's at least give him a shot. I mean, the dude is a freak athlete and has so many intangibles. He brings so much uh, to that uh, point guard position with his size. He literally adds like nine inches to our starting lineup because everyone in our lineup, and we were so small this year, and the people coming off the bench could not rebound nor defend the the mid-sized players on the Boston Celtics. So I want to see Simmons play. The whole Durant-Kyrie thing, it's not too crazy to me. I'm not surprised these guys have been, have been gassing each other. They're both kind of controversial, dramatic superstars. Uh, with that said, maybe it is time they both leave. So all, all for the best, but I'm not going to get too hung up on it. I want them to stay more than anything. I don't care about the last few years. I know I should. I know I – it's funny. People always tell me, you know, what do you think of Kyrie? What do you, what do you think of him? I think when he's available, he's a top five guard in the league okay well he's not available fine okay i get it but we signed this guy three years ago i understand he's missed a good amount of time there isn't an easy way out of this right a lot of people and and let's get into Kyrie Irving for a second a lot of people want to see Kyrie go to la a lot of reports say that Kyrie wants to see Kyrie go to la lebron wants him in la we can talk about the fact that uh the freaking Summer League in Vegas right now has been like the house of the real housewives of whatever city of your choosing because Kyrie and LeBron were in L.A. (laughs) Kyrie and KD, not LeBron, Kyrie and KD were in L.A. playing pickup basketball together. Windhorse said that's probably the last time those two are ever going to play basketball together on a court. Uh, Kyrie was in in the Summer League at the Summer League game, not at the Nets game. He was at another game. Um, so he's been around there. He's been talking to the, you know, people Kyrie's camp has made it known. He would go to the Lakers and LeBron would welcome a reunion. Now here's where it gets tricky. Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons can't play with each other. That would be the worst shooting backcourt in the history of backcourts. So you can't just say, Hey, you know, Kyrie go to LA. We'll take back Westbrook in a few picks. That makes zero basketball sense for the Brooklyn Nets. It makes all the sense in the world for the Lakers. If you can go from a shitty Russell Westbrook last year, who couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat to Kyrie Irving, who, if you know, he's, if he's playing with LeBron, you know LeBron will demand everything he can out of Kyrie. I, I personally think, you know, you look at the relationship between KD and Kyrie and, and KD and, um, and LeBron and Kyrie, it was more of that mentor-mentee relationship with LeBron, whereas with KD, they're more boys. They view each other more as like, yo, you're my guy. I'm not leading you. You're not leading me. We're leading each other. So I think the Lakers, LeBron, they want like hell to have Kyrie over, over Westbrook. But for, from a Nets standpoint, it just doesn't make sense. If Westbrook ever puts on a Nets uniform, Ben Simmons can't wear the same uniform. You, Dude, you just Russell can't. If Westbrook have puts that. on a Nets uniform, I'm. Don't eating. say it. 
eating 60 cheeseburgers in one sitting. White Castle? Yeah. Is that a challenge? It is. Um, Yeah, I I understand. So so my my point is this. The easiest thing for the Nets to do, the easiest thing for Sean Marks and Joe Sy to do is take out their wallet and extend Kyrie is to mend the relationship with Kevin Durant. They won't do it. And by the way, the latest on Kyrie is is the the trade. So the Nets don't want to make a trade uh, with Kyrie involved until they do the KD trade. You with me? So they don't want to even talk about Kyrie until KD is moved, which does also make it tricky. Like, like what if the, the package is right for Kyrie, but KD's still on the team? So the, the whole thing is just a really fucked up situation. Um, and I, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Now we have another suitor for Kevin Durant. Per NBA insider Ian Begley on Jake Fisher's podcast, people with connection to the Heat, the Miami Heat, have been in Kevin Durant's ear heavily in the days after the trade request. So Sean Marks has been talking to the GM of the Miami Heat. They're talking about a possible switch. I'm sure that return would include Tyler Harrow, Duncan Robinson. Bam Adebayo is a guy who, again, can't play with Ben Simmons. They're both on that rookie extension. So he can't. And and also KD has been on record saying he'd love to play with Bam uh, back in the day, I think they were teammates on on Team USA. Okay, but if we don't get Bam, which it sounds like we are physically not able to, then it, who, who, listen, I love Duncan Robinson. That's our boy. Shout out Duncan, Jack Williamson. Those are our guys. Shout out the long shot. Great podcast. I can't have Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, and like Dwayne Dedman for, for Kevin Durant with a couple picks. What, what about fat ass? Who's fat ass? Kyle Lowry. Oh, fat ass. I was thinking of a fat player <laughs> Dude, Larry's, Larry's had a bad season last year. No, I, I, I don't want him. My, my point and hasn't is, he played with Simmons in Philly at one point? Yeah, he did. No, uh, no, he didn't. I don't think so. Larry was on Philly way back in the day. I don't think, I don't think he ever played with Ben Simmons. Oh, you looking was it up? On, he wasn't on Philly. Why did I think he was on Philly? You know why? Because he played at Villanova. Uh, no, he's just yeah. He didn't play. He didn't play with him. Kyle Lowry, Philadelphia people love Kyle Lowry because he played at Villanova and they always wanted him um, to be a Philadelphia 76er. It just never happened. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right. Um, so, yeah, the, the whole thing is, is a messed up situation. At this point, I, I think Sean Marks has overplayed his hand. I think they got to figure something out. I think the easiest thing to do is get KD on a call and, um, and, and try to mend this relationship because right now nobody, and I mean nobody, wants Kyrie Irving outside of the Lakers. It, it, it's that apparent. The market for him is dead. The market for Russell Westbrook is dead. You heard about the Spurs potentially getting involved, doing a three-team deal. You haven't heard anything about that these last few days be- because the Nets aren't getting anything close to what they asked for for Kevin Durant. So Sean Marks right now doesn't look that intelligent. Um, that's that's really that's really where it's at. Uh, by the way, Begley goes on to say about the Miami Heat, the trouble there is who the Nets could actually bring back in a trade. That's going to be a big hangup for them. Uh, other teams are under the impression that the Nets wouldn't value Tyler Harrow as high as some other teams might. Which yeah, makes sense. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean, he's a worse Kevin Durant, right? Dude, like he's like a better. He's like a slightly better Cam Thomas right now. Yeah. Yeah, Cam Thomas loves Kyrie as well. He had nothing but nice things to say about Kyrie. Listen, all these players showing respect to to their teammates. I get that. It's tough, dude. It's it's. 
I mean, I was so excited when Simmons came because I thought we had won that trade with Curry and Drummond as well with those two those two role players who do their parts really well. Once Curry gets healthy, he's had that, that bum ankle, I think he'll be in a lot better position. Um, but for Durant, man, if we can't get something that makes bringing Durant in worth it, it's like another five years wasted with this investment. So I'm okay taking a hit on – uh, superstars, like if we can get like a Donovan Mitchell type or a one great player to kind of switch to Durant, but we better get fucking either Mikhail Bridge types out the wazoo or draft picks out the wazoo because if we're going to trade Durant for like a Mitchell, and again, this is all hypothetical, and you throw in like a, I don't know, a, like we already have Royce O'Neal, fantastic. It's, it's, it's sad, and we're literally looking like we're starting over again, and, and it's not a full rebuild, but it's a slight rebuild, and it's a full chemistry uh, uh, redo or every player again. And that's one thing that the Nets complained about last year was that they hadn't played together much and they were still figuring out the kinks. And a lot of the times when they couldn't play defense uh, uh, cohesively, when they couldn't find the open man, it was, oh, we're still getting to know each other on the court. We're still getting, we're feeling each other out. Okay, great. Everybody's gone now again. So it's a full refresh button on feeling each other out and getting comfortable with each other on the court and without the right talent to fill in for that, right? Because you can throw LeBron and AD on the Lakers who never played together, and then they could win a championship because they're that good. If you don't have the players that could just jump in and make such an impactful difference, and now we're looking at guys like, you know, Seth Curry and and Royce O'Neal and uh, Nick Claxton and Ben Simmons, like all these guys jumping in haven't played together. It's all messy again. I I agree with you. I 100% agree. And I'm going to read something really sad. Shout out to Anthony Puccio at A-P-O-O-C-H. Been trying to get him on the pod for a while. He uh, We just haven't figured out a date, but he, he, he said he'd come on. And I really like his reporting. He wrote, this will be the Nets' 10th year in Brooklyn. Most of the time will be remembered on how different ownerships, general managers, coaches failed while having star-driven teams. Blame whoever you want. Two playoff series wins is unacceptable. In 10 years, they've won two playoff series. That is absolutely pathetic. Um, you brought up a new net. <laughs> I do want to welcome the two got two new guys to the team. Uh, shout out to Royce O'Neal. Traded a first-round pick for him. Okay. Decent role player. And shout out to TJ Warren. I like TJ Warren. I, like I, really like, Warren. I really like TJ Warren. You know, the last time he was healthy, he was dominating the bubble. It's been it's been two pretty, pretty hard years for TJ to get back. Um, but when NC he's healthy, he's a great scorer. NC State. The only thing I didn't love is, did you see his welcome video? No. He was like, as far as joining a team, and I don't know what the person taking the video told him, but it was the most like sad, unenthusiastic, like, hey guys, TJ Warren here. Let's get to work. Ready to be a Brooklyn Net. Like it was just very like, and you can tell, you know, with everything surrounding this team, all the drama, all the bullshit, he's like, yeah, like I'm happy to be here. I don't know if we're going to be a, a number three seed or we're going to be a fucking the, the 10th best team in the East. Like if TJ Warren's averaging 28 points a game, we're probably 10th or 11th in the East. Let's, let's be realistic with ourselves. Um, so I, I did want to welcome those two guys. Uh, I, I'm excited to see TJ Warren hoop, but people who thought, these two moves might entice Kevin Durant to stay. You're out of your fucking mind. If you think Royce O'Neal and TJ Warren, two guys who essentially play the same position as Kevin Durant. You guys brought in Royce? Why, why didn't you say you were bringing in Royce? 
Oh man, I'm staying. Royce, TJ, my guys. Um, oh. oh my god. All right, we got to get to summer league real quick. Uh, I haven't watched a ton. I've watched a few highlights. I, I flipped it on here and here and again. Um, basically, the four guys who got time in the NBA last year are playing pretty well. Cam Thomas has led the team in scoring. Darren Sharp, Daron Sharp has, has shown some bursts here and there. I, I saw he caught a body the other day, dunked on somebody. Uh, Kessler Edwards, David Duke, they've been showing signs here and there. Um, but the big thing with Summer League, it's two things. So it's A, the people that have been showing up on, on behalf of the Brooklyn Nets, Sean Marks was in Vegas, Steve Nash was there, Ben Simmons, Royce O'Neal clowning around with Steve Nash. Uh, they've both declined to speak to media. You know, when and, uh, a media member went up to Nick Claxton, Nick Claxton had on a throwback shirt. Nick, you would have loved this. It was like all like early 2000s Nets. And he posted like, got to rep, you know, the old, the old G's. Um, but they asked him and he said, he's been in contact with KD and Kyrie, but like the players are, are, are not speaking, right? Like the media is like, what's going on? They're like, we're not going to say a word. Um, the one takeaway from summer league, actually the biggest thing is after the Nets beat the Sixers and Cam Thomas, I think he was 15 of 15 from the line, had a really solid game at the line, although he didn't score a lot. Um, the reporter asked him a question and she basically, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but she's like, Hey, you had seven assists tonight. Uh, you know, Steve, Na your coach, Steve Nash said working on uh, being a better playmaker is something that, that you have to improve on, you know, and Cam Thomas rolled his eyes and she goes, oh, I saw you laugh there. Why'd you say that? And he goes, ah, it is what it is. And he kind of just dropped it. And a lot of people took that as Cam Thomas, a second year player. He's still in the summer league, doesn't respect head coach Steve Nash. So if, if your freaking sophomore isn't respecting him, how is the rest of your team going to respect him? Do you think, Nick, and this is a new segment I want to do. It's called Something or Nothing. Is this something or is it nothing? Amidst everything else, it's nothing. In the grand scheme of the drama uh, centered around the Book of Nets, I, I'm not worried. Also, does anybody respect Steve Nash as a coach on the planet? Sean Marks does. Like I, Joe Sy does. You know what sucks? I love Steve Nash as a person, as a, and a player. Like he was one of my favorite players ever. And this is just look. It's it's just put a, a shed a dark light on his basketball knowledge and him as just like a basketball person and an icon because it just looks like he's lost and confused. So I'm not worried about this. Let's 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 not get hung up on something that shouldn't be. Uh, a big deal and should just be brushed over. Yeah. I'm going to disagree with you. I, I, I think after how was it two years of Steve Nash being the head coach, I just don't know how you can bring him back for a third season. I don't know if the guys respect him. I don't know. People come up, people go on Twitter and they say, you know, this was, this was KD and Kyrie's guy. You know, they wanted him. That's really not true. Sean Marks handpicked Steve Nash and, and ran it by KD and Kyrie, and they were okay with it. But Sean Marks and Steve Nash are buddies. They played together in Phoenix back in the day. Shout out to the only Nets uh, pod you know, or only Nets fan you know. I'm not sure what the name of the account is. Um, I was on his show the other week, and he tweeted, he, he tweeted me out, and he said, you know, uh, shout out to Spencer. He was uh, Mr. Sa. He was the one who, who told me that Sean Marks actually wanted – um, Kate, uh, I'm sorry, Steve Nash. 
trying to find. I want to give him a proper shout out because he's he's a good guy. Um, I'll find it. Uh, but basically, yeah, I, I just I, I do think this is a big deal. I don't think it's something to gloss over. I think Steve Nash is something we have to keep our eye on because it's oh the only Nets fan you know podcast is the name of the show at only Nets fan pod is the handle. Uh, shout out to him. He he does a pretty good show. Um, but my my point is this: there's been a lot of reports out there, especially from Scoopy Robinson. I'm going to give a shout out to shortly uh, that. A reason KD and Kyrie aren't super pumped to play in Brooklyn is because the changes in coaches as of late and letting Aaron Adam Harrington go, not coming back with the Brooklyn Nets. A lot of people liked Adam Harrington. Shout out to Seaver. One of your one of your good friends from college, your roommate in Brooklyn, Seaver knows Adam Harrington, speaks highly of him. Nets players loved him. Why did the Nets let him go? I don't know. If bringing Adam Harrington back meant you could make KD and Kyrie happy, why wouldn't you do it? And if you're going to get rid of Adam Harrington, at least bring in Al Harrington. Right. Or Othello Harrington. Mm. Either or. Um, yeah, just, just I do think coaching matters. I think we're seeing that now. Great. Uh, we seem to be having some technical difficulties as Spencer just left the studio. So with that, I'm going to hold off for now. We'll be back in a moment. Hello? Oh, I'm still live. I hope Nick didn't go. I got cut off there. Let's uh, let's call Nick and, and make sure he's coming back on because uh, I was done with my whole coaching rant. But I do think that Steve Nash's his time in Brooklyn is done. Yeah. Hey, could you get back on the thing? Yeah. All right, come back. There you go. And we're back. Sorry about that. Um, moving on, I want to talk about a few people that have had a huge week so obviously when, when there's a lot of drama, there's a lot of uh, hoopla surrounding you know, your basketball team, especially in the city of New York. People on social media are going to blow up a little bit. And some, some people who have been proving their worth these last few days, shout out to Brian Windhurst, Windhorse. We brought him up. He's had a huge two weeks. Um, shout out to Brandon Scoopy Robinson. He's one of the only accounts – that sort of goes behind the scenes of what's happening. He has people in Kyrie's camp that he's close with. He's been on the pod before, former guest. Uh, he's been the only one who's been somewhat optimistic about a potential reunion between the Nets and Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. He has basically, and he's the one, by the way, I want to give him credit. He's the one who talked about KD and Kyrie not being crazy about the coaching hires um, that, that the Nets have made or, or, or coaching fires that the Nets have made. Um, Scoopy's been great and, and he's really, uh, just sort of covered this from every angle and, and he happens to be a really nice guy. So shout out to Brandon Scoopy Robinson. He gets a lot of hate on Twitter because he's, he's big now. He's got almost 40,000 followers. He's a reporter for Bally sports at scoop B. If you're a Nets fan, he, he is a must follow. You have to follow him. Um, and then the other, the other people who have had huge weeks, it's not one specific account, but like shout out to ball sack sports. And shout out to butt crack sports and all those stupid parody sports sites. Or even if you're if you're the hoop central, but you spell it a little differently, or um, or your Legion hoops, but you do like L E E G I O N. These fucking accounts, man, they will drive you crazy because you'll see it really fast, and you'll see like Kevin Durant has been traded to the Lakers for the entire city of Los Angeles, and you'll be like, whoa, that's insane, and then you'll realize it's a parody account. Um, 
And Ball Sack Sports has messed up a lot of people on ESPN. If you believe uh, a report from Ball Sack Sports, they say you've been sacked. So Kendrick Perkins has been sacked numerous times. Uh, he actually quoted a report that Ball Sack Sports made up of Kyrie Irvin and, and Steve Nash disrespecting each other. Or, or, or uh, Steve Nash asked Kyrie if he wanted to see his MVPs. And Kyrie, oh, Kyrie Irvin asked to see Kobe Bryant's two MVPs that Steve Nash won. Ha, ha, ha. Shout out to Ball Sack Sports. Kendrick Perkins believed that shit, uh, which was amazing. Um, but, yeah, just, just a huge week for those. So, Scoopy Robinson, Brian Windhorst, and then all those, like, parody accounts, they've been having a huge week. Um, I do want to shout out Zach Wilson. Not a basketball player. Plays quarterback for the New York Jets. Uh, the story that has come out about him and um, uh, a woman of a certain age being sexual with each other, and then his ex-girlfriend dating his best friend to basically get back at him for cheating on her with someone's mom. Uh, it's just, it's insane. Have you seen that story? You haven't seen that? Oh, my God. No. Look into that. Zach Wilson is like, also, he's Mormon, by the way. I'm not sure how that works with with cheating and if you're still allowed in the Mormon church after you commit a sin like that. Um, but yeah, basically Zach Wilson was, was having a, having a relationship with, with a woman. I forget whose mom it was. And then his best friend started dating um, his ex-girlfriend. It might've been the best friend's mom, to be honest with you. That's pretty wild. It's a pretty wild story. If only he was as good at quarterbacking as he is uh, at picking up older women. How's your mom doing? <laughs> She's good. She's very happy with my dad. Good, 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 good. All right. Uh, that does it. Uh, we're still waiting on some news. Once a trade comes out, I'll most likely drop an emergency podcast. Uh, I do want to shout out as we end the pod, and this has been Fireside Nets brought to you by Empire Sports Media with Spen and Nick. Um, I do want to shout out Nick's show, I Mostly Blame Myself. They are doing their first off-Broadway show on sunday night tickets are sold out you can't get any you'd have to try to barter with someone to get the tickets um but if you guys haven't listened to previous episodes my brother and co-host nick he performs in a sketch comedy show called i mostly blame myself very very funny they're doing their first off-broadway show on sunday at the players theater um if you guys are interested in future shows please please reach out to us message us we can give you a link for uh shows that are coming up in future months however this one on sunday is all sold out nick how excited are you for uh for the end of the week to do this show uh, i'm very excited we have, i think we have a great lineup a lot of funny sketches gonna have a full packed 175 person audience which is pretty wild so i need you guys to bring some noise uh, but it's it's gonna be a lot of fun and then we'll party all night until the break of dawn all right party on nick party on you're supposed to say party on spent, like in Wayne's world. Spent. Spent, yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. And uh, as always, I'll catch you on the fireside.